the text of today's meditation is difficult to read. And the picture it brings to our minds is not very pleasant. It's a bloody picture, a gross picture. It's a picture of human blood sprinkling a wall and horses. It's a picture of a chariot driving over a corpse. It's a picture of dogs eating a whole carcass, leaving only the skull, the feet, and the palms of the hands. It's a picture of a body being like dung of the field. It's graphic and disgusting. So why did our dear Lord inspire such words? Because they are all about his character and faithfulness, and they are profitable for us. You see, Jezebel, the woman who died here, was very wicked and had induced the people to sin and persecuted the saints. I am sure you know this, this story. We are talking about Ahab's Zidonian pagan wife who had been a king worshipper of Baal and induced her husband to make the people sin. Remember, Israel, the northern kingdom, had committed apostasy by worshipping the golden calves that Jeroboam had set up. But up until Ahab's reign, we don't read that they were worshipping Baal. It was during this period that this horrible idolatry started. And, and it was largely because of Jezebel's influence. Baal's prophets even ate at her table. In 2 Kings 9.22, we read that her whoredoms were many. And this might be a reference to her idols, but it probably also included a physical component because we know that those pagan religions were extremely immoral. Not only did she worship Baal, but she also persecuted the saints, especially the prophets, who were the ones that were exposing her idolatry. In 1 Kings 8.13, we read that Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord. She was the one who threatened Elijah. She was the one who had Naboth killed so that Ahab could steal his vineyard. She was the one who, according to 1 Kings 21.25, stirred up Ahab to sell himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord. So as you can see, this was a very wicked woman. So to understand this better, we could divide her wickedness into two branches. The first is enticement, seeking to make others sin. And the second is cruelty, persecuting the saints. So as you will see, in many ways, Jezebel resembles our enemies, which are the world, the flesh, and the devil. And, and they have their own enticements and cruelty. Jezebel was an enemy of God and his people. And you and I also face enemies. We are engaged in a constant battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. In, in the war against the saints, these enemies use the same strategies that Jezebel used. The first thing they do is entice us. They seek to make us sin. The, the flesh lasts after things that God has prohibited and tells us that worshiping him is not what we need and that sin will give us real happiness and significance. The people of this world uh, seek to make us sin by their words, actions, and example. 
and the devil is very active behind them, stirring up the flesh and the world and, and insinuating wicked temptations to feed them. My dear brother, my dear sister, is this continual battle, which is even painful at times, an experience you are facing? Do you know why these enemies never rest? It's because they hate God and they hate his work of grace in us. So they, they want to harm us by making us sin against our Savior. We are called to wage war against them. And when we do that, when we are decided to live for God and be separate, they start using their second method, which is cruelty. That's when persecution comes in. And true, it is rarely very extreme here in the West, but it is real nonetheless. Your friends start to mug you. Your family members start to oppose you. Now you start having problems at your job. You lose a lot in your social life. And your flesh tells you to give in. And this is all being fed by Satan. These enemies don't want you and me to live for Christ. So you see, Jezebel, this real historical woman, is also an example of what the world, the flesh, and the devil seek to do with God's people. Now, God had prophesied that Jezebel would be destroyed and had anointed Jehu to carry out that mission. Years before Jezebel died, Elijah had prophesied against her. That prophecy is registered for us in 1 Kings 21, 23. And of Jezebel also spake the Lord saying, the dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. This was a threat of utter humiliation. Back then in Israel, dogs were not nice family pets. They were unclean animals. They were horrible scavengers. So if you were eaten by dogs, that meant that you had died under God's curse. And that's exactly what the Lord was saying about Jezebel. She was cursed. Her sin would find her out. God would avenge the blood of his servants. And he would use King Jehu as an instrument to do that. In our text chapter, we read about his anointment. One of the sons of the prophets anointed him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel, and thou shalt smite the house of Ahab thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. So King Jehu was anointed to fulfill God's prophecy, and slay wicked Jezebel. Now, in very much the same way, God has promised that Christ's enemies, who are also your and my enemies, will be destroyed. And, and for that purpose, he anointed King Jesus, who is far greater than King Jehu. Look at what we read in Psalm 110, verses 1 and 2. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Who is the one 
who is given the commission to rule in the midst of his enemies. It is no other than Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is the one who has been given all power in heaven and earth. He is the perfect man and the perfect God. He's so much greater than Jehu. If you know this story, you know that the man who was anointed to slay Jezebel proved to have serious flaws. But King Jesus, the one who was appointed to reign until his enemies become his, his footstool, has no flaws. King Jesus is much greater than King Jehu. And yet Jehu, weak as he was, succeeded in executed vengeance. And, and Jezebel suffered utter miserable defeat. Let's look at our text again, especially verses 36 and 37. Wherefore, they came again and told him. And he said, this is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishvite, saying, in the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel so that they shall not say, this is Jezebel. This was Jezebel's end. The same woman who believed she had a right to meddle in the worship of the people of God. The same woman who was full of immorality and enticed others to sin. The same one who got her hands dirty with the blood of the prophets was eaten by dirty dogs. Her corpse was like a stinking dung on the field. Her body became a feast for scavengers so that no one could say where she was. She had no tomb, no lasting memory, but these humiliating words. She will always be remembered as a cursed woman. King Jehu was empowered by God to execute his vengeance on wicked Jezebel. And if Jehu was successful in his mission. How much more successful will King Jesus be in avenging his honor and his people? In the 18th chapter of Luke's gospel, we find the parable of the persistent widow. And there we hear about a wicked judge who avenged a poor widow, but only because he didn't want her to bother him. I love what the Lord said right after referring to the words of that unjust judge and the Lord said hear what the unjust judge saith and shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him though he bear long with them I tell you that he will avenge them speedily my dear brother my dear sister do you see what this means the Lord has promised to take vengeance on your enemies when you cry out to him. That wicked flesh of ours that's always trying to get us in trouble to make us take our eyes of Jesus and disobey. God has promised to destroy it. That evil world that is constantly bombarding us with destructions and wickedness and, uh, and that is persecuting the saints, getting drunk with the blood of the saints. He will destroy it. And what about Satan? That evil being who accuses and tempts us, who is angry at us every day, 
God will throw him into a lake of fire. These enemies will die. And let me tell you that they will die a cursed death. It will be far worse than being eaten by dogs. Their memory will be no more. And all the saints will rejoice in their destruction. That victory, my brethren, will have its consummation when Christ comes back. But God has promised to start it here through our prayers. I will read part of the passage from Luke 18 again. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Dear brother, brethren, here is what, what I want you to remember. God will avenge his praying saints. God will avenge his praying saints. Ultimately, he will, he will avenge us when King Jesus comes back. But he's also promised to avenge us in this life as we continue praying, even though he bears long with us. So let's continue praying against the kingdom of darkness with a holy hatred. We are here to pray for the advance of God's kingdom. But as we pray for that, we are also praying for the destruction of the kingdom of darkness. Let's pray that way today. Brethren, let's take the bitter temptations we and our loved ones are facing and present them before the Lord, asking for vengeance against our spiritual enemies. Let's take those who are persecuting the church and ask that God will either convert them or take vengeance on them to deliver his saints. Let's mention the, the evil agendas of the wicked and ask the Lord to distract them. Let's pray against the devil and his demons. And let's do that constantly. Not only today, but day and night. For we have a Savior who has promised to hear us. Yes, their carcasses, like Jezebel's, will be as dung on the, fell, on the face of the field. And one day, no one will be able to say, this is the world, this is the flesh, this is the devil. Amen.